All right, another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. Mitch Michaels here. Thanks, everybody out there for checking in. We got Masters Week. It's in November. <laughs> it's pretty hard to believe that, but we're going to get to that in just a second. Joined now by uh, the guy who's going to be previewing the tourney with me and some other things as well, Josh Whitten. Josh, thanks for joining the show. Always a pleasure to be here, Mitch, uh, talking a little golf with you. So look forward to this week, and uh, it's going to be fun to have two Masters within six months of each other. Yeah, Tiger Woods, the longest reigning champion of all time, a record that probably won't be beaten. We hope there's no cancellation. Uh, the 84th Masters, uh, you know, we had to have it in late November because of COVID, because of the the uh, delay, but keeping the streak going that there was a Masters every year since World War II, so that's always pretty uh, impressive. Before we get to that, there's only, you know, really one other sport going on right now. We got football, and we got, you know, some golf events here, tennis events here, but, you know, with with the bubbles that we had for hockey and basketball, we're not going to see those sports for a while. So it's pretty much football all the time to get us through. We got the special events like uh, the Masters, too. Uh, as far as football goes, uh, I do want to just point out some things in the pro game. Unfortunately, the Steelers are the only undefeated teams in, in the NFL. It pains me to say it, but uh, the scary thing about them, Josh, is that they're not even getting – a-list elite level play from Roethlisberger. They're doing it from the back out, and it seems like there's another level that they can get to. It does, and it just goes to show how well coached they are, and they have been for years. And um, they have a system in place, and it works. And it's, as you know, a uh, a Brown supporter. Um, it's difficult to see, but um, especially not being the biggest Ben Roethlisberger fan. But um, that division's tough, and. Um, it's it's gonna be really telling here the last eight weeks to see what what it come what comes down with it. Tomlin's never had a losing season. I think it's like twelve or thirteen years now. So, I mean, I think that ties the all time mark. Uh, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate, obviously, for a Browns fan and the Ravens who haven't really been dazzling. I think that's kind of the under the radar thing is you know, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. You have the Bills that are finding this stride, and, and Josh Allen has got to be the most improved player this year, the leap that he's took. The Ravens are a team that, you know, Lamar had the best, I think, fantasy season that we've seen ever. You know, statistically, he's putting up numbers, but they've struggled in big games, and, and even this year, losing a couple big games to the Steelers mm -hmm. and Chiefs, and, and the offense didn't get a first down in the first half against the Colts last yeah, week. That so was, that was tough to see, but... Um no, it's 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 great that, like you said, we can focus on this one sport and we have this for the next few months to get us through, and uh, at least until hockey and basketball start up again. And um, no, it's 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 going to be a, a good second half of the season. Well, I do also want to mention that the highlight of this year specifically is rookie quarterbacks. I can't remember three. You know, you could say one or two. You'd have to go a ways back to get three that have made an impact in the same year at the same time like this. Because usually you'll have one or two. You might have a guy sit. You might have a guy just flame out. You know, three first-round quarterbacks, all highly touted for different reasons. The best so far has been Herbert, and that was the one people yeah. had the most questions about with whether his accuracy was good enough. He's just been amazing. They haven't been winning these games, but if you're a Charger fan, you got to love what you're seeing there. Burrow, it's translated almost identically to the NFL. He's on the worst team as they got the number one overall pick, but – to a week one with uh, him wow. and they beat the Rams and then this week against the Cardinals in a game where they need him to do stuff and uh, it's incredible he what came, he did yeah he came through and I mean 
really, what, what do you have to go back to 83, the class of all the Hall of Famers with the quarterbacks like you were mentioning? Yeah. To, to get something that hopefully we get to watch for the next 15 years. So it's, it's a new league with these new young kids, and uh, it, it saddens me as a Trojan supporter to – to hear this Trevor Lawrence might come back to Clemson because he doesn't want to go to the Jets. Have we seen enough from Sam Darnold yet with his injuries? Oh, yeah. All these coaches, to, to, he's already out the door. I mean, yeah. that's what's kind of sad about his situation there. And I think he's got some potential. And your boy in Cleveland with with Bake. And it's great to see this. And then, well, sorry to transition quickly there, but – then you watch on Sunday night with Drew and uh, Tom, the old guys, and Tom obviously didn't have a good week, no. and the and the Bucks played poorly. But um, these forty somethings are still hanging in with the young guys, so it's fun. It's, uh, as you know, we both love football, so yeah. No quarterback's going to make the Jets whole again, so it's not just a one. <laughs> it's not just one problem that they have. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, Tua's health was the big thing. The Dolphins are the biggest surprise, I think, by far in football right now. Five and three. No one really saw that coming. They benched, they benched Fitzpatrick, but the guys that did it, Flores, who's probably a front-runner for coach of the year, we always forget and take for granted that they see these guys every day. So they weren't, you know, this isn't just a we think it's for the future. They were a 3-3 three and three team. He's going to do what it takes to win and give himself a best, better chance to win, and that was Tua. So that kind of pains me as a Browns fan because, you know, we could have seven, we could have eight teams in the playoffs with the COVID uh, cancellation policy that they just put in, the insurance, po- insurance policy, if you will. But seven teams to make the playoffs, it's going to be tight. Colts yeah. are still in it, Raiders, Browns, Dolphins now. You know, and you know there'll probably be a team that gets hot that goes on a winning they're streak too. So. Six or seven games in a row, and they're in the mix. So it's fun. It's going to be a fun uh, homeward stretch and he worries about the rams i know that we haven't seen him play since that dolphins game that and that division that <laughs> seahawks this week it's incredible. the gauntlet the only good thing about or for the rams last week is them on their bye is all three teams lost so yeah with the seahawks losing and the in arizona losing so th- that was good to see um as a rams fan but um no it, it's it's going to be difficult and they're they have to play well and we were speaking before we got on the air here about the defensive game plan that Flores came up with there and to get golf um, on the run and distracted is, is the way to go. As yeah. we saw in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. The Seahawks, I mean, they, Russ has been great, but their defense has some struggles. I even think the Niners are, are going to be tough. I mean, their injuries have just been, it's insane what they've had to go yeah. through that. I don't think they make the playoffs, but they're not going to be fun to play late in the season <laughs> with the way they're not. coached and the way they play. I think the last thing on football I'll say is that everybody, even the Steelers, you know, it's, it, it, there's question marks with every team, but the Chiefs have still got to be. I mean, they're the standard. They did it last year. They have the guy in Mahomes who doesn't matter how many MVPs he wins. He's the best quarterback in the league, and they know who they are. So I think that's obviously the champs get to be the deserved favorites until they're knocked off, and yeah. I think that's the case there. Uh, college football really quick before we get to the Masters and, and segue into that. I got to give props to Notre Dame for beating Clemson. I know Trevor Lawrence didn't play, but Trevor Lawrence also doesn't play defense, and Notre Dame just gashed them completely. They so, really did, and um, obviously the, the, they'll probably still be in the mix, the Pac-12, with whatever happens with that league with seven games total and some I mean some of these teams are already down to six games with the cancel cancellations it's going to be difficult to get one of them in and they're going to default back to Clemson which rightfully so they've yeah um they're legit. there's a couple scenarios out there with uh by the way you know USC winning that game oh. which is just one of the biggest gifts of, of luck I've ever seen which doesn't really bode well when you compare kind of the talent on the rosters in my opinion 
but you're mentioning being a Trojan fan, seeing LA's own, and I'm not even going to try to uh, pronounce his last name, but DJ played for Clemson, a true freshman. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have seen a, uh, wouldn't have seen a kid from uh, Bosco go all the way out to Clemson, you know, in the Pete Carroll days. Just gonna, just gonna point that out there, never. especially one as good as him. Never ever. And um, funny enough, I was actually in Scottsdale this last weekend at a bar with about 300 ASU fans, and I w- screamed when they scored. Well, they were down eight, or they were down 13 with three minutes to go, and they pulled it out, and it was, uh, it was quite the atmosphere to watch it in. But. Um, Fortunately, they were nice, respectful yeah. fans, and I didn't get kicked out of the bar. <laughs> That's so. always good. Yeah, the only the big playoff scenario that it's it's trending toward Alabama looks great. Obviously, Ohio State's been kind of the class of the Big Ten. If Florida goes undefeated, goes plays Alabama and wins that game, then you're going to have a controversy because yep. two SEC teams probably trumps two ACC teams, and then you got to decide. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But as I pulled up here today, they just announced that Georgia canceled the game mm-hmm. this weekend. So. Ohio State's not playing yeah. as well either. So there's this is a tough one. So the one good thing about it is there is flexibility with the playoff. They can kind of push weeks back towards the season. I know the SEC is planning on doing that. The Big Ten might not have that luxury, so we just got to see what happens. But uh, a lot with that. And with that now here on the Money Mitch Effect, we'll talk uh, Masters. Josh Wooden here. The college football tie-in is that game day is going to be at Augusta. It's going to be great and to hear Fred Ridley, the chairman of Augusta, this morning talk on his press conference about how exciting that brings a new set of fans into the mix. It's just going to be a great atmosphere. I'm really curious to see who they take as the guest picker. It'll all depend on the tea times for that day because yeah. – you know, it would be great to have Phil in there. We know, all know what a gambling degenerate <laughs> he is. But uh, yeah, He'll have the most money on the games, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but it's just great to, to have Kirk and uh, Chris and Desmond and the guys there is, um, is going to be really neat. And l- like um, the chairman said, is bringing this cross-reference. And, and, and kind of golf has the, has the spotlight this weekend. And, and with what the NFL did to allow them to have, uh, to have this – the final round on Sunday um, leading into the NFL games is just pretty spectacular. It really is. Um, having golf in November in and of itself is kind of odd, let alone the biggest tournament yeah. in the world. Uh, and we mentioned that this is the first time the Masters has been in the fall. It's deviated from their uh, their spring start. Looking at the weather just first off, I mean, there's expected to be rain all weekend. Now, the temperature could have been worse and we can get into that in the course in just a second, but it's going to be rain, not quite as cold. How do you think that factors into, you know, who might be a better suited to perform? Well, a little update with the weather. They did announce um, about an hour ago that tomorrow does look like they're going to get about an inch of rain. Um, it should tail off by Friday and Saturday and Sunday now look dry. Oh, So total change in in the weather in the last not, 24 yeah, hours. You never know. <laughs> you never know in the south down there. So you can have pop-up thunderstorms any day. Um, but once again, as we talked about for the PGA and the U.S. Open, this brings the big hitters into the into play. I mean, unless you have a game plan like Zach Johnson did back in the day where he laid up on all the par fives and was playing that way, this is going to benefit the long hitters. And yeah. that just goes to the list, as I know we're going to break it down here, but the number one guy that every single person was asked about in their news conference yesterday, um, Bryson. So, and, and this is fair this time, I think, because he's the reigning U.S. Open champion. Yep. I mean, he deserves to come in here as the favorite, about 8-1 to one on the betting sites, and 
trying out a 48-inch driver? I mean, <laughs> where do we... <laughs> maybe. I mean, that is the limit, right? We can't go any can't bigger go any than, that? than that. Okay. But he's not... He's hemming and hawing whether or not he's going to put in the bag. Uh, apparently, he went out there today and played a few holes with both of them in the bag and just kind of see the new sight lines and where he would end up. Um, one of the great insights that he gave yesterday in this press conference was without fans there, he's going to be able to aim different places. So instead of aiming over people's heads yeah. to cut the corner or, or right. whatever, it's going to be interesting. And as we all know, Augusta doesn't have quote unquote rough. They have a second cut, which is not anything or anywhere near the U S open where it's eight inches long or yeah. like we saw up at Harding park with that cold, damp weather that you can get that really long, heavy rough. So without, patrons, excuse me, in attendance, it's going to be interesting to, to see, like, for instance, they talked about yesterday laying up on 13, the, the hill there on the right in front of the pond is, is going to be empty. So you can bail out there on two, the par five, you can bail out to the right yeah. and hit back across the green. So without the patrons there, it's going to be, it's going to be a different, different, uh, environment, but it's going to be fun. And I, I cannot wait. Um, Cannot wait for tomorrow morning. I said uh, Bryson said he's added about four or five miles per hour yeah. uh, on his ball speed. I think he's about 344, 345 on the year and driving far and away yep. uh, the leader. And I love that Justin Thomas uh, quote where he's like, you know, he deserves to be the favorite. You know, he's going to mash it, but that doesn't guarantee you everything. Like there's no guarantee that the farthest guy who hits it is going to win. So and I loved that quote yesterday from the press conference. And to hear him say he's been beat. I mean, he, you can't win every week. You still have to putt. You still have to chip around the greens. And the, the one telling thing, uh, Monday they played a practice on Freddie and JT and Bryson and Tiger. And Bryson bombs it down, number 11, looks over at Tiger goes, what did you have in a 97? And Tiger goes, pitching wedge. Well, Bryson hit in a pitching wedge. So while he <laughs> is hitting it farther than everybody and yeah. – um, the hole's been lengthened. It's a di- They're trying to maintain some sort of connection to the past. So mm-hmm. obviously they're not going to be what Hogan and those guys were hitting in back in the day, but they're trying to rein it in a little bit. Um, and what we'll see, it's it's going to be an exciting week. Like I said, the uh, I'm not going to say the name, but one of the one of the popular gambling sites has a prop. It's four to one odds if you bet on any quarterback to have more yards, NFL quarterback on Sunday than Bryson's farthest drive. Uh, I think it's Sunday also. So, okay. Yeah. Obviously being, if he hits it over 400 yards, you need someone to have a huge day. So possible, but not probable. Uh, Other, other notes on, you know, the conditions on the course for some things I thought that I saw that I thought were interesting was Rory saying that chipping could be trickier based on the conditions. Uh, Ian Poulter said there's not that much change to the greens. So they're they're getting used to it. Obviously, I think every player who plays this tournament has played this tournament a while understands the course, but they're also adjusting to golf in the colder conditions. And Rory was actually one of the names that I heard reading up on. Could be primed to do something good here. I know it hasn't happened for him yet, but uh, he, he kind of does well in these conditions. That's a great point. And if you remember back to our conversation we had for the U.S. Open preview, I did not pick him that week, but I said he's going to win this week. So that's my prediction. Mm. Um, I think he is primed and ready for a phenomenal week. And whether notwithstanding, and you're right, I mean, he won a congressional in the rain. He won his open championship in the rain. And he's used to it. I think he's rested now from the birth of his daughter. And uh, having them on site, he said, is great. You can go home to them every night and 
he's, it was great. He's like, I don't hop on the computer or hop on my phone. He's like, I go home and spend time with the family. So I think he's really, he, he's just really at ease and he, he wants to get this monkey off his back. And he, he kind of said yesterday, he made a point that he's kind of under the radar without, uh, with everybody talking about Bryson and, um, Brooks has come back from injury uh, and Dustin being the number one player in the world and on this awesome stretch, like Rory's kind of flying low. Whereas if they held this in April when it was supposed to be held, he was the number one player in the world. He was on fire, had won three or four times leading into it. So I'd love Rory this week and um, it would be pretty special if he could join the list of Grand Slam champions. Historically speaking, I would venture to say that a win for him, I know Tiger going after Jack and whether or not that's realistic this week we'll get into. Um, historically speaking, this would be the most important win because what it means for Rory if he completes the Grand Slam and how much he'll increase on this one win in the pecking order of golf history. Oh. I think the stakes couldn't be any higher for him in that regard. I could not agree more, and um, I, I think he's ready. It's been a long time since he's been contending for this, and um, I did hear the stat that this is the longest it's taken, and he hasn't even completed it yet. But for someone to get the Grand Slam, I think it's the longest. Oh, in terms of from yeah. three to four. Yes. Mm. Um, That's interesting because when was that for him? Like seven, eight years ago? Yes. And it, it's been, it has been a up. while. But it, it catches up to you. And um, he made yeah. the comment yesterday, whereas, you know, because Phil was in the room right before him, and Phil said he's automatically going to win 100%. And Rory said, well, you can't say that. No, I, mean, I, I wonder about Ernie Els, like, Ernie I Els wonder if that's <laughs> like, a, gonna hey, win. I'm going to throw this out there and maybe the kid will think about it moment. I, I don't know. I don't know if it was like yeah. that. I think it was because Phil was really introspective and really I guess that's true. And he's also um, on the end of, you know, not winning what he needs for his Grand Slam and how close he's been. Yes. And that was kind of the way yeah. the, the question was posed to him. But um, Phil just said he's got all the tools. And they, I think they played a practice round recently together and – He's such a good driver of the golf ball. He's great around the greens. He's a streaky putter, but can be a phenomenal putter. And um, that's what it takes to win around here. What year was that he shot an 80 in the final round? Was that? That, that was, was 2011, So I think. that was before, yeah. yeah. And he ended up winning another major that year. Yes. Um, yeah, no, I hope it happens for him. I don't know if it'll be this year, but he's got as good a chance of anyone. And like you said, Flying under the radar, which is uh, hard to believe. Here on the Money Mitch Effect, Josh Wynn talking the Masters. Uh, just looking at the favorites, I mean, Bryson obviously at 8-1. to one. You have DJ 9-1, to one, Rory JT at 12, John Rahm's down to about 10 right now. And what I noted when I looked at this, what I noticed was even if you go down a little further, everybody kind of is trending in the right direction, and a lot of it were the guys who finished close to Tiger last year on the leaderboard there. With the exception of Tiger, I think everybody's projected to be right back in the mix this year. Right back in the mix. And going back to Bryson real quick, Bryson's best finish here is T21, and he was an amateur then. That was four years ago. He hasn't really performed well the last couple of years. He's had an invitation. And with all this pressure on him, I wouldn't jump on that bet. I'd say pressure. Yeah. No, I, I think it, I don't like him as the favorite. But if anything, he, he has that first one now. Oh. Yeah. So now it's, is it possible to have him swing a little freer knowing that if he completely flames out, he's still had an unbelievable year. <laughs> That's a great point, but it also puts a little more pressure on him, like at least mm -hmm. self-imposed, yeah. because it's very difficult to win back-to-back -back majors. And without yeah. the normal golf schedule where you can tune up and do these things, I think he's a little bit too tinkery and, and i know that's his philosophy and that's you the say way he's more of like a rhythm player where like you think it's, it'd be better if he was playing consistently leading up to a term as opposed to um, time to a think little bit about of that it. and a little bit of not knowing if you're going to put that 48 inch driver into play 
or he says 47 and a half, but I mean, still, <laughs> still today at this point, he's unsure. So you have to have a little bit of trepidation, like rooting or, or if you're a, if you're a Bryson fan rooting yeah. for him because he mentally is not sure exactly. Mm-hmm. Like he says, I'm always yeah. checking the numbers. I want to see if I am get that five miles an hour ball speed and those kind of things. But no, I, I, I love, I mean, like you've rattled them off there, but DJ 10 to one ish, um, He's, he, before, I mean, he did have COVID, he's recovered from that, but he was playing some great golf. I mean, JT won a tournament playing great golf. Rom is a trendy pick because of how he's done and, and he's missing that major. So let's see what happens there. Um, No, I I like the leaderboard, especially a guy like DJ, who we were talking about it too, before we started, like Tiger winning, you forgot how well some of these players finished last year. It was crazy. I mean, with Tiger... <clears throat> winning you had dj brooks and xander tied for second jason day and finau tied for fifth molinari fowler rom cantley simpson at t7 i mean yeah. th- that's a phenomenal leaderboard and if you go down a little further you had bubba watson jt kuchar Fowler's another kid too that like we're waiting on to win one and he's he, been close great. and you know everyone would be congratulating him if it happened let's hope that some of that uh luck that rom had on uh on monday and tuesday right. with those whole okay. ones I-, I wanted to mention that. i'm glad you brought that up if you it off on to ricky what the heck was that well the the, the skip shot the for skip everyone shot, out there listening. for everyone listening and i know you've all seen it because it's gone viral around this world twice already um but that's the tradition that every year during the masters on the 16th hole the patrons will scream down from the stands skip it skip it skip it and all they for the most part all of them try it um but nobody does that I did read today okay. that twice in the history of the Masters, people have made it. Vijay Singh made it one year, and Martin Keimer made it, okay. skipping it across the pond, which uh. to me is, I mean, it, it's talk about luck. I mean, but it had to come off perfect. Because even Rom said, he goes, Ricky hit the exact same shot. He was maybe six inches lower, and it got hung up in the in the bank, and it didn't hop onto the green uh. there. But, um, yeah, I mean, he had a four iron from – 145 or 150 four feet off the ground and it just took the contours and rolled all the way down it was incredible but he even said it he goes i don't know that this could be a lucky week for me because like i said he had a hole in one on the fourth hole on monday in his practice round with ricky fowler they played it they played uh, two days in a row together but um he said that was the better shot and he goes no he goes nobody said anything he goes we couldn't see if it went in there were three marshals standing by the green but um no it was uh spectacular shot and one that'll live in infamy forever so rom i think is maybe the next in the wings given how he's played it could be his time as well another storyline to look at and some of the other odds as we look down the board that stood out to me xander shafley 14 to 1 matsuyama and Cantlay at about 25 to 1 you've got the the trio of tony finau patrick reed bubba watson 28 to 1 ish uh morikawa the pga champ 30 to 1 and matthew wolf at 40 to one. Uh, and we could also throw in if you want, just for giggles, uh, Phil at 80 to one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, the kids, like you talked about Colin and Matt, um, well, 40 to one is 40 to uh, one. Yeah. And, that's, yeah. That, that's first of all, tall order for both of them, but just because they haven't seen this course, they haven't learned, mm-hmm. um, all the little nuances that you have to, to be able to compete at, uh, Augusta, the last first time winner to win there was fuzzy Zeller. So yeah. that was 1979. I think it was a long time ago. And it just goes to show that course knowledge and knowing that is imperative there. And, um, being without fans could help and hurt this week. I mean, it could help a lot of people. There's going to be 
some more open lies, like I was mentioning earlier, but it also doesn't give you that extra kick in the butt to yeah. to spur you on after a bogey or to keep you pumped up after a big eagle. And there's not going to be those big roars that we're all accustomed to, which is part of the lore and part of the fun part about Augusta. I mean, um, the shot I I re- was rewatching last year, it's been on the last couple of days, and the shot Tiger hit on 16 to kind of seal the deal last year. I mean, it was so loud and all the players, when they came off, they're like, yep, we knew that was tiger. That was a tiger war. That's that's an interesting point too, because so much is, is just thought about, okay, it's going to help guys like tiger, obviously the fan favorites and maybe the guys that can't handle the pressure as much. The other side of that is a guy like Brooks who clearly has said, like I feed off of it when, you know, when you're cheering for tiger or somebody else. And there are other players like that, that, can harness that energy when they're not for them and, and reach higher level too. So it will be different. Uh, Brooks, I didn't mention on there, 16 to one had, had the injury COVID, but, and I guess it's fair to say that he's under the radar now because every major he's entered in the last two years, we've looked at as maybe the alpha of the field based yep. on how big of a match player he is. I always like Brooks as an underdog, but do you think that, you know, his game necessarily translates to Augusta? He finished tie for second last year. So it completely does. And to hear him say that he's healthy and it, it's seemed, a big thing, it's you know, a we'll, huge thing, yeah. especially if it's your left knee, when you're finishing on your left knee, yeah. uh, or your left side, excuse me, it, it, it makes it difficult. If you have any pain there, I mean, Tiger can tell you from, from his knee pain that he had in 2008, you know, he was, it was it's crippling. And yeah. to put all that force that these guys do now into their driver pr- predominantly, Bodes well for Brooks to be healthy. I heard him say in his press conference yesterday, he was spent two months in La Jolla getting getting back at it. And he goes, I've, I, I kind of got complacent. I was lazy. And he mm-hmm. goes, I, I wasn't working out. He goes, I think he went back to to last last April after the Masters. He goes, I'm going to take a few weeks off. And that led into a few months. And he goes, and then when I, that's when I started getting injured. He started did pretty good at the U.S. Open, if I recall. He was kind of in the mix, yeah. the Woodland one. Um no, I, I see what it is with him, too. And I think part of it is, like, look, you know, anybody can – it could fall apart for anyone. One bad round, one, you know, golf is such a mental sport that even the best golf in the world just ha- doesn't have it one day and it could yes. just ruin everything. But there's not going to be an intimidation factor. And if anything, having other big names in the mix is going to help him play his best game. And I think that's what you look at with a guy like Brooks is he's just not going to be afraid of whatever the course or the competition throws at him. Not at all. And we talked about the weather earlier. And as you can tell, we just rattled off everybody and all those guys are bombers, except for maybe Colin Morikawa, but he hits the ball straight and he's a great iron player. So that bodes well. If the, if you aren't getting any role and the ball is sticking, who knows what the tournament committee will do? Will they move the tees up because of the rain tomorrow? Will they, will they pump that sub air, which they have totally underneath all the greens. Totally forgot about that. The golf, the, the, they, they can suck the golf the water factor out of, of the, we can we can yeah. just change the course, move the tees, and, and everybody made a point of saying that in the news conference yesterday is they they have the course exactly where they want it because you, the, but, uh, the greens are a little slow now, but they can pump that sub air yeah, overnight and then they just, roll two two feet longer. Like you're you're a golfer, you're a golf guy for sure. But you know how kind of it sounds a little strange when you compare that to other sports. Yeah. Like, oh, the ice isn't good in the Stanley Cup finals. It's We're going to make it choppier because they're, they're too successful. It's too easy to pass the puck. You know, that's kind of, from the outside, it's kind of just like, okay, well, I get it. You know, it's like if they shred the course, they're going to make it more difficult, you know. Yep. so the, the only thing that uh, kind of can relate that to is I remember the 
this is going back some time, but the Bush push year when uh, Leonard um, mm-hmm. pushed Reggie. Notre Dame the, SC05, yeah. Yes. Um, the Notre Dame officials said that they did not cut that grass for three weeks before that game because they wanted to slow down Reggie Bush. Yeah, that, so that's, that, that's the only way it could yeah. really happen. And obviously when you're talking baseball and you have the the uh, artificial turf or the field turf now, they call it, um, that makes a little bit different. But shoot, I know we're going to transition here for a second, but I, I think all sports should be played on grass. I don't well, think yeah, any of that. I mean, absolutely. If you rewatch OBJ's torn ACL, it got caught in the turf. And that's why it almost happened for Ben and uh, Roethlisberger against the Cowboys yeah. too. Like you, you see this time and time again. I'm I'm with you there, uh, especially was it the the Giants Jets Stadium? It's just been a disaster left and right. I mean, the Niners played there and lost like three guys in the yeah, same it's game. Just not, it's not fun. Oh, uh, we can digress there, but I do need to get your thoughts, Josh, on Tiger at 35 to one. Uh, but before that, other thoughts on the dinner choice of fajitas and a sushi roll which i know it's he's from california and what a tribute he paid to his home state but a lot of people are questioning the combination of that and if he was deliberately maybe trying to get some of his competition an upset stomach (laughs) he uh he's done that same menu i think he did it when he won in 2005 so he said he was an ode to that um but yeah he's a little that, different. That like, little, he has different, different tastes. Yes, yeah. completely. Um, but you also kind of always want to make sure that the old guys have their steak or whatever they want. Because mm-hmm. it, it was mm-hmm. – I know they said steak and chicken fajitas. Yeah. But if you looked at the menu, it was like prime beef filet. Oh, yeah. like, it was like that really, would, really good so. food. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that's why he did it to kind of appease both. Because he would have gone straight sushi, but they that wouldn't have appealed to a lot of the meat and potato people, but younger tiger might've got straight sushi. <laughs> um, but no, it was good to see him reminisce about, you know, last year and what it meant to him. I saw the thing on, I think it was golf yeah. channel where he talked about the moment with his son. He um, choked up yesterday. He did. That he was, did. you never, you never see, hear that emotion, which, which is one of the reasons why I think he does have a shot. Okay. It's not a normal course it, for him. It's, it's the only major that's played the same cathedral every single year. And he knows it like the back of his hand coming off some injuries over the past, 10 years before he won last year, he shocked the world. It came in fourth place, like yeah. having never played in six months. And like, What time is he uh, teeing off on s- Thursday? Uh, 4.55 a.m. Pacific Standard time tomorrow, so, so 7.55. And my, my question was going to be time of day teeing off and also what that temp's like because, you know, the back could tighten up, and that's one of the worries is that he has had, you know, he's played golf, but he's had his issues. He's been about maintenance, which is always going to be a thing for him as long as he plays, but – I believe he has a shot, and at 35 to 1, that's great value. But there hasn't been the trending signs going into it that Certainly otherwise not. it would be it's Tiger Woods. He can have a big match. That's the reason why you bet on him. There hasn't been really any other signs. No, the good sign is, or the good thing is, they're in the south, and it's the weather, yeah. while rainy, is 80 ish degrees. I mean, 75, like mid 70s. Yeah. So that's good for his back. You know, he'll be up at four in the morning at his physio trailer and doing all the stuff he needs to do to get prepared. But, uh, no, I mean you could never count on Tiger, and for that matter, why not throw ten bucks on Phil at eighty to one? Because while he has not performed well in the PGA Tour, he's got those two Champions Tour events in the past couple months, and it's Phil Mickelson. I mean, he's got a great short game. If he gets streaky with the putter, you never know. So, love this week. It's it's it great, it really and you're and this is a this is a new experience, but I think we're all kind of ready for something different. The college football tie-in. I, I do want to get to props in just a second, but. I think uh, the first thing I'll ask you is final score-ish. What do we think the winner's going to be at? Tiger was, I think, 
12 or 13 14 last, last 14? year unless he broke no he, I think he was 13 yeah, 13 okay yeah. so um that's a good number w- with the with the rain in the forecast um you could see 10 11 or 10 potentially but you they're always going to make saturday moving day and you can get a low 64 63 and um get it to double digits so i i would say double digits is safe 11, 12, right around that area. I don't think someone's going to go 20 under. Right. I don't think Bryson's going to cut all these corners and hit every single drive straight and get to 20 under like I heard somebody pontificate about yeah. yesterday. But What I've noticed as well is it'll also depend on how many guys are in the mix mm-hmm. at the end and maybe in the other direction of trending downward because that's when guys get tight and you start yeah. to, you know, if it's, if it's head-to-head, it might not. You might see some guys start to pull away from the pack. But if we get – which my ideal Masters is always like last year, five or six guys in the mix. And it was great. You want that. And, and having – go ahead, finish up. Just say like you always hear stories of, you know, obviously they're tracking Tiger. You had the groups of three last year because of the rain. They moved everything up. But then you'd have a flashback to – and look at Patrick Cantley birdied another hole. He's within two. It's like guys you don't even think about catch fire and make a push from the back end too. So Yeah, and with those four guys hitting in, into the water on 12 last year, it really brought a lot of people back into the, into the mix. And there was that point where – Pat eagled 15 and he was in the lead and then bogey the next and then Xander was there and it was talk about a so, great golf tournament to tune into Joshua and money Mitch effect we'll run through some props before we make our picks here just just going to throw some out there at you uh the 54 hole leader to win the masters no is even money yes is a slight favorite so will there be a lead change from the Saturday leader I'm going to say yes yes that's slight favorite but the other big one is, and this is you can get 10 to 1 on this one, will there be an albatross at all? Will anybody hit the double eagle this week? I think it can happen. Yeah, all you, know, you need is one. That's the thing. I think people are going to be more aggressive without the patrons there, and I think uh, I think you could potentially see one. Hole in one is no plus 145, yes, minus 175. I would bet yes there will yeah, be. Usually it's, yeah. Especially I mean, with the soft conditions because you can um, be more aggressive, take a take – a, uh, a straighter line to the hole, and um, it's going to happen. You heard it here first. I got a couple of Tiger ones for you right now. The first one is well, his lowest round. It's 69 and a half over under. Oh, I'd go way under that. Okay. You think he – okay. All right. Now, remember, it's, if he doesn't make the cut, like that, that's another I part know. of this. Is And they changed the cut yeah. rules this year. It's yeah. not within 10 strokes. Yeah. It's top 50 in ties. So that's going to – they did it for a couple reasons, but um, the time of um, – the daylight available daylight is the main reason they did it. You can do tons of props on Tiger, but the other one is uh, birdie or better total holes thirteen and a half. You're thinking about this no, one. See, that's a th- th- that's a that's a yeah. good one. Excuse me, because he could have twenty birdies and have ten bogeys and not be playing well. And um, with the like, a, I sound mm. like a broken record, but yeah. with the slower course, slower conditions, and them. Firing at more pins potentially, uh, there's a there, there's a way he can get to 14 birdies. By the way, if you really want to gamble on that hole in one, if you just pick the first round, that's eight to one. So if you do it on Thursday, that's where you're. You know, that's why that's why it's gambling. It's you know we're talking there. Uh, and, and in terms of just the score itself, lowest score on yeah for round one, we can start there. The lowest and highest scores have been set to so 65 and a half, 82 and a half. Will someone break either of those for good or bad purposes? It's pretty even I, both oof. ways. I would say someone was more likely to break 82. They're than just going to go and have a terrible low. round. I think, uh, I mean, 
first <laughs> balls in the air tomorrow morning, so we'll see. But it's kind of hard to go out there and shoot 64 on, uh, at Augusta on your in your first round. Two more I want to get to uh, before we make our picks because I just think these are pretty good. Will there be a first-time winner? Well, I'm yes is y- minus 800, but no is plus 550. I'm going to so say far. yes because okay. Rory's going to win it. Okay. So that's see that's a bet you make if no if you think a, re- a repeat champion or someone that's won before will do it. Okay. Uh, that was a good one there. And then the other one that I wanted to say was, got to get your take on this one. DJ is the favorite of this bet by a decent margin. Who will be number one in the rankings Ooh. after the Masters? DJ is in pole position, minus 350, but you can get John Rahm at plus 275 if he wins it. Justin Thomas is plus 1,600, and you can actually get the field for plus 250 if somebody within striking distance wins the Masters and DJ doesn't do as well. Now, I don't know the intricacies of where they're at right now, but... Yeah, DJ has a decent lead, but not that... If he has a bad like round and somebody... Early yeah. 2000s, but uh, yeah. that's that's interesting um, because all three of those players, like we talked about, have had their moments of incredible play this year and are the favorites. Um, I would not bet on Rom, even though I think he could win, but because he hasn't won. Same thing with JT. Uh, well, JT, has, excuse me, has a major, but Rom hasn't won a major is what I was saying. Yeah. So a lot more pressure on him being right. the best person never to have won a major. We can throw Tommy Fleetwood yeah. and a couple others in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, that, that, it's fun. Gambling's fun. It is so fun. Um, all right, I'm going to make my pick right now, and then I'll turn the floor over to you. Um, the guy that I'm going with to win the Masters for a first time major winner. First time Masters winner Xander Shafley at fourteen to one. Shafley, I love it. I like it. I think it's going to happen. I think uh, he played well last year. I think he's. It's time for him. You know, why not? Rom's trendy as well. Rory, of course, but I I think that's a great pick, uh, especially after how well he performed uh, at Wingfoot for the U.S. Open. Was right there. If you remember, that was my pick for the U.S. Open, Mm -hmm. and he almost did it. Almost. Uh, um, I think we won a couple bucks on him actually for a top five finish, Um, but. You've heard me say it two or three times already. I think Rory's going to complete the Grand Slam this week. If I had to stretch that, I would say someone from Group 27 is going to win. He's in that group, and they do groupings. That's how they. Oh, who's in this group? DJ and Cantley. Ah, Cantley. So that's too loaded, though, because if you had one guy that wasn't as good, you could. I was going to say bet the Group 27 prop, which is still going to be. Solid value, but that's probably like with Cantley as your least favorite, and he still could win still it. Top 12, 15 yeah. in the world. So I, I like those three, um, but I really think because, like we talked about, the weather and that he has all facets of his game clicking and he's excited about the birth of his daughter, yeah. I think he's going to do it. Hey, Xander's plus 130 for top 10, along with Tony Finau, who we kind of hit on last time, just yep. top 10 guys. And uh, I'll give you a long shot to make a run at the top 10 that I've just been kind of following. See what you think of this guy who's way outside. Cameron Champ, plus 550, top 10. Make some that's noise. A, that's a good bet. I mean, yeah. he was he was hanging around uh, to Ed Wingfoot for a few days. Um, the I like that a lot. Someone we haven't brought up today yeah. yet, um, who's probably still 20 to 1 or something, but Paul Casey's a good bet. Mm-hmm. Jason Day, yeah. Ohio boy. I yeah. know he's just married to an Ohioan, but... Uh, um, he skated with the Blue Jackets I, yeah. a few times. I uh, I would love to see him win, but uh, no, this is Cameron Champ you, is, yeah. a, is a very and I'll let you, in- intriguing bet. I'll let you name some away. players that uh, you know, like last time you think was, you think can do really well that maybe we haven't touched on yet. 
we both really like Tommy Fleetwood. We yeah. haven't even mentioned him this time. He hasn't um, been playing a lot or that well recently, but he can catch fire, and he, he knows this course. He's played there a few times now. We haven't brought him up. Another great uh, odds, um, or another decent odds. Uh, Terrell Hatton is a good bet. If we were to go Cameron, for- by the way, uh, Cameron Smith, right? Yes, Cameron. He's he's been trendy, and I think he just won an event recently. So he's he's been going. If you wanted value, it was better beforehand. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no. It, it also sounds like we're naming maybe a little less. And that just goes to show you with uh, Augusta and winning here. Yes, like it's not no disrespect, but it's not the U.S. Open to where like you can you know maybe catch fire. It's not the course that is the same every single year. So, and that's the, that's the difficult thing for a first timer coming in here. who's never played the course. I mean, I heard Colin say yesterday, Morikawa that I didn't, <laughs> he goes, I didn't even know what to expect when I got on the green or got on the course, excuse me, because I was just looking around at everything. Cause I've never seen it. And you don't realize my dad has been there and he's for the tournament. And, and uh, he said, you don't, get to understand until you get there, the undulations and the courses and how steep it is to walk up the 18th fairway there. Uh, and to see it just to be there has to bring you so much nervous energy. Mm-hmm. And that could either that can go one of two ways, which is why I think also that, that over 82 bet is almost guaranteed with some bad weather tomorrow. It's going to rain an inch. Someone's going to shoot 83 or worse. Well, best of luck to everyone out there. Rory and Xander are picks. Um, and I think I have this right. 12th is the key number. If, if you finish in the top 12, that gets you into more, I think, what is it, next two Masters or something like that? It gets you into next year, next which year is huge. Next year, for sure, yeah. So, so there's going to be a lot of people fighting for that 12th spot. Yes. You might see some celebrations on the green. Because not everybody has yeah. the, the automatic qualifications to get in. And, and Augusta has, while they've loosened their reins a little bit in the last couple of years, letting some more people in this year with, with COVID and stuff. And we never even meant brought it up, but past champion did test positive Sergio, for COVID this yeah. week, Sergio, and is not going to be there. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be, like you said, they're going to be fighting tooth and nail all the way down the stretch and we'll all be watching Sunday. Josh, this was fun. Uh, always a pleasure talking masters with you. Anything golf related. Um, last thing though, I do, I do want to bring this up because I know it's relative to you too, but as we record this, November 11th, Veterans Day. Oh. And I know we both are descendants from veterans. So yes. I figured it'd be cool to just kind of bring that up and, uh, you know, talk about how important this day is for maybe people that don't necessarily always uh, identify with it or appreciate it. But uh, it's uh, obviously the holiday that makes all the other holidays possible. Absolutely. And really near and dear to my heart with my grandfather being in the Navy and my uh, cousin Zach, who was a Marine. And um, no, I fly my flag high today um, mm-hmm. and proud because uh, we have, um, as we saw last week, mm-hmm. we have uh, elections in this country and yeah. we, get to, um, yeah. we get to vote and we have all that due to the fact that these people made the ultimate sacrifice for right. our nation. Yeah, no, obviously it's uh, it's important for uh, us to acknowledge that. My grandfather, my uh, uncle Charlie, and my cousin John, all uh, military members. So important to know that it could always be worse, and uh, it's important to appreciate their sacrifices and, uh, you know, know that things aren't, it, it, things aren't always as serious as we take them. I think that's the big thing. I mean, there's people that know what real sacrifice is, so it's a good thing to appreciate them. So all veterans out there listening, uh, you know, happy Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. And uh, 
I know we can speak for ourselves that we won't ever forget what you've done for this country. So Well said, Mitch. Um, thank you again for having me on. It's always a pleasure and uh, always love chit-chatting with you sports. Absolutely. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Catch every episode on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. I'm on Twitter, MoneyMitchM21, and check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page. We'll be back next week with some more football talk, recapping our Masters picks, and much more. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Until next time, keep enjoying sports.